Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and great to have you with us. And guess what? The Washington Post, doing some of its customary intrepid reporting, and you and I can now rest easy because The Post has figured out why this country is, as our grandparents used to say, going to hell in a handbasket. A Post columnist, Perry Bacon, says that white people, that's right, white people are the problem. Please take note. If he had said that about any other race, the Post would have labeled him a racist and fired him. In point of fact, he's just another left-wing hack without an original thought in his mind. And we don't have to worry about another failed prosecution of the Marxist Dems who were behind the fraudulent Steele dossier and the Russian hoax. No, we don't have to worry at all. Yes, John Durham did lose another case. A jury found Igor Danchenko not guilty in all counts of lying to the FBI. But former Attorney General William Barr says the DOJ just did a crackerjack job prosecuting the case. He said they did a good job. What in the world is wrong with this fellow? He hasn't figured out yet that he'd be better off reserving his opinions rather than sharing them, making no sense whatsoever. Breitbart with the disturbing, dumbfounding story about teachers going to a conference to purge their whiteness and their white supremacy, of course, and try to, get ready for this one, decolonize their minds while pushing something called intersectional feminism. Teachers are becoming, in my opinion, an increasingly scary bunch of lost souls who are trading in gobbledygook steeped in left-wing nonsense. I think we could use a good rethink about why we're putting up with these leftist Marxist teachers in our public schools. They're truly a menace to our children and a danger to our families and communities. And our guest today is the great Mark Simone, WOR radio host, Mr. New York, nationally syndicated, and you can catch his podcast on iHeartRadio. Great to have you back with us, my friend, on The Great America Show. Let's start with Joe Biden bumbling his way through a campaign appearance with John Fetterman, and it looks like he's either playing the tough guy like he did in Florida or is utterly, completely lost as he was in Pennsylvania. What do you make of it? No, he's a pretend wannabe with the fake uh, sunglasses, the Easy Rider, Cool Hand Luke sunglasses, and the uh, the tough talk. He has a long history. This is a whole montage uh, of him being caught on hot mics. Always the uh, bad word that he uses. Always trying to sound tough. He is. Uh, he remember the senator in the Godfather Part Two. He's that guy who, uh, in private, said to Michael Corleone, "I intend to squeeze you." <laughs> <laughs> and then when the door opens, hello, ladies. He's, he's just a phony guy. Unbelievable. Well, he really is a phony in every way, shapes, and form. What do you think? I mean, the pandemic is over. Again, says Biden. What is with this guy? Uh, I guess they found out there's no board that Hunter can get on pandemic-wise, so that's the end of the pandemic. Uh, Fauci is now $5 million richer. That's enough for him. 
uh, pand- pandemic is over, unless they need it again uh, in 2024 to, uh, you know, tamper with the election, election again. Yeah. 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 So uh, everything with him is a scheme. Everything is a scheme. There's nothing real, nothing legitimate. There's never been an honest comment. Uh, you know, even a green energy where it seems like a passion thing with him, uh, the money's going to be handed out by two political operatives, the Podesta brothers. Everything is a scheme with this guy. And it's a big number. What is it? $350 billion? Yeah. I think on that order. Uh, and here we go. A, a giveaway and uh, the checks are being cut and sent out just in time for the midterm elections. <laughs> uh, it's just what it's incredible what this guy gets away with. And meanwhile, he's and he and Susan Rice, and of course their their masters, uh, the Marxist Dems who run the that Marxist Dem cabal that runs everything uh, in Washington, uh, they're they're sitting there looking at uh, getting out the vote, and they've enlisted the Department of Labor. They've got the House uh, HUD. I, I mean, they got everybody going. They're going to be out there hustling Democrats to the polls or. Uh, whoever they can uh, get to, to to sign up and and vote, it's really amazing. Zucker Zucker bucks are gone. Our bucks are as taxpayers are on the line, uh, helping out good old Joe Biden. Yeah, you know, and, and somebody might say, well, he did the right thing in Florida. He he's only doing that because he's got elections. He's got to win in Florida. The governor's race, there's Senate races, there's uh, congressional races. Uh, that's the only reason he's looking like a hero in Florida. If there was any way to totally screw up DeSantis and his budget, he would do it in a second. Uh, and back, wait till after the election. Let's see. Uh, let's see if that money is flowing like he claimed it would be. Right. And the pictures of DeSantis, though, uh, the gov, as President Biden referred to him uh, briefly, uh, the gov looked forlorn like he'd lost his best friend. He was, I mean, the, his sour face, he just couldn't. He looked like he was just in the worst mood uh, I've ever seen him. I've never seen uh, Ron DeSantis look like that man that day with Biden. Well, if Joe Biden were in your house, you wouldn't look so happy either. But uh, he's got he had a big problem there. He didn't want to have a Chris Christie moment. You know, remember in uh, 2008, Christie was supposed to be the big Romney supporter. They had the horrible hurricane. uh, And uh, I guess it was 2012, I guess. And uh uh, Obama showed up and Christie went too crazy, smiling too much. And at one point hugged Obama. And oh, yeah. that was the beginning of the end of Chris Christie in uh, New Jersey. Well, it was an end that should have been sooner as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a shame that it took a hug from Obama to get him. But, uh, you know, God bless Obama for hugging him because he needed to be uh, moved on. I, I still can't understand why Trump put up with that man. He was the chair of his transition for crying out loud. What what in the world was that about? Uh, well, yeah, Trump likes characters, crazy characters. You know, there's a Steve yeah. Bannon type of this type of that type. Uh, uh, you know, he had a lawyer once who was a little crazy. And Trump has actually heard to say a little crazy is good now and then. He, he just likes to shake things up. He's he's. Uh, he knows how to market, and sometimes you market with big talkers and big personalities, and I think that's the reason. Yeah, and he does have that penchant. It's a dangerous one, yeah. but he does have that penchant. Uh, it, well, it's, it's not like Joe Biden has a cabinet filled with geniuses. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got a lot I don't of think room. he's. 
Really? I don't know that he's got anybody in there with a triple-digit IQ, to be honest with you. No, you can pick I, on Trump's people, but this is the biggest bunch of idiots ever in a cabinet. There's nobody in there that's competent at anything. I I, I get a kick out of the uh, Granholm, Jennifer Granholm. <laughs> she was uh, governor of Michigan, uh, seemed to do fine, if you don't include all the bad water and all the bad things that happened. But uh, she is... She's just as a cabinet member. She's just a total loss. She never seems to know what the hell she's talking about. Uh, it's it, and none of them do. And then Pete Buttigieg occasionally has the good sense to go go dark for about three months at a time, <laughs> and you don't hear from him. Then he emerges, and everybody says, "Well, you know, I think he'd make a great president." Well, yeah, really. Well, this <laughs> he is couldn't a, even. It's a good example. This guy was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. All they have is like four buses and a and a golf cart, and now he's the transportation secretary. How is that possible? He's no experience at all for this job. Well, think of think about, think about how that happened. My gosh. Uh, well, let's talk about you know. Let's talk about Biden. Uh, I, I because he really did play tough guy. Uh, now after he went to to Saudi Arabia. Gave uh, MBS, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, a big, a big fist bump. Do you remember that? Yeah. And they, they talk, and every, everybody in the White House said they had great discussions, except for the part where Joe Biden called Saudi Arabia a pariah. And now he's having a fit because OPEC and South <laughs> Saudi Arabia are cutting oil production by 2 million barrels a day. Uh, I the guy is an utter moron, and I can't understand how these morons in the corporate media continue to work. They're nothing but democratic activists. They have no idea what in the world a story is or how to exercise critical judgment. It's just it's it's ama- it's amazing to watch them flail. Well, they are the biggest threat to America right now to not have working media, to not have actual journalism, to have a totally corrupted media. That's Soviet Union kind of stuff. So uh, you mentioned the oil. Biden is draining the strategic petroleum reserve to artificially lower gas prices leading up to the election. Uh, He'll stop right after the election. Gas prices will soar. That reserve will be half empty. And the media said nothing. They could have stopped this. They could have... uh, stopped this inflation by going after the spending. They kept quiet and allowed all these horrible things to happen. The crime wave that's all over America, that's from the media keeping quiet and not saying a word about it. Democrats know they can get away with anything. Yeah, and I, and I think we need to give great credit to the, to the owners of corporate media in America. Let's start out with Disney uh, and ABC News. Uh, I mean, that's a, they're just a wonderful operation. Uh, they have been nothing more than the, the Stasi uh, applause <laughs> section. Uh, look at CBS. Look at Comcast, uh, and and it goes on and on and on. We corporate America is responsible for this left turn in American politics. Sure is it, sure is shooting, and they try to get away with it uh, because they won't they won't report on one another. So it's left to to you and me, Mark, to tell the American people the truth about what these corporations are doing. Uh, to our our news media, and, and it is a betrayal of the highest order uh, of the fourth estate and and the guardians of uh, this great republic. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, if you don't believe this, go back and watch last Sunday, all the Sunday shows, Chuck Todd, that Stephanopoulos. Watch all those shows. Every segment was about Trump. <laughs> 
who's not even in office right now. All the Sunday shows were about Trump. They never mentioned Biden, who had had just had the worst week of gaffes ever. Can you imagine leaving the president out, not covering him on the Sunday shows? They just ignore everything. Look the other way, no matter what he gets away with, no matter what. Look at uh, Tony Bobolinsky coming forward and revealing all this stuff in the last week or two. They don't say a word. There's no coverage. Uh, none. Zero. New York right. Times, nothing. I have never seen the grounds of the White House look like such a lonely and forlorn, <laughs> forlorn place as when Joe Biden talks to a gaggle of, say, a half dozen reporters. Remember, uh, with Trump, there'd be 30 or 40 people crowding around him. He's doing it every day. Uh, and nobody. There's nobody even walking the grounds. Nobody went out for lunch, for crying out loud. And they do nothing. And there's and there's Joe Biden trundling along, trying to find his way back to the West Wing. Uh, it's it's stunning to watch. It's uh, upsetting. You mentioned Bob Alinsky. Uh This great, uh, I guess, whistleblower is what he is from two years ago, reappears on Tucker Carlson, saying he would have verified everything if somebody had just asked him a question. As I recall, as I recall, you tell me, Mark. I thought Tucker Carlson asked him some questions, and I thought that there, we had a lot of answers, that the chairman, the big guy, was taking 10% cut on all of the deals that they were doing. His brother James was in on it. What happened to all of that? Uh, why are we having a sort of uh, redux? Uh, it, it's just uh, peculiar to me. And by the way, Tucker is the one who said uh, he's going to drop the whole thing because he didn't feel like he should be going after his uh, his uh, school school uh, school buddy yeah. Hunter Biden. I, I mean, they're rewriting history from rewriting history, and now they're saying that they would have. I, I don't even know what to make of it. Do you? No, it's an unbelievable double standard. A guy literally comes forward, an incredible guy, to testify that money was kicked back to the president of the United States in the millions, and nobody thinks it's a story. Nobody mentions it. Uh, it won't be on the Sunday show. It won't be in the New York Times. It, no, no coverage at all. At least go to Biden and say, how come you only got 10%? You're the, you're the guy doing all the work. <laughs> you should have got 30, 40, 50% of this money. Only 10? Well, well, you know, you hear one side of it from Hunter. He at one point was talking about he has to give up half his salary, yeah. uh, to, you know, to the enterprise. Uh, so who knows what's going on here? But we do know one thing. It's criminal. It is corrupt. And we've got the evidence. Uh, yet we are content to let the Secret Service protect Hunter Biden, to protect Joe Biden, to protect the Biden enterprise, uh, we know that the FBI is perfectly willing to spend six years trying to frame President Trump, and now we're entering our seventh year where they are still equally apparently energetic and enthused about it. Uh, certainly the, the national media is, as you pointed out last Sunday, focusing on Trump. Uh, it, it is madness that we're witnessing in this country. But let me ask you, were you surprised when, do you recall when Tucker decided not to care, go forward with the uh, Hunter Biden uh, laptop story and the investigation he was running, which up to that point had been terrific. Uh, do you remember that when he decided that, you know, the old school tie counted for something? Yeah, well, you know that business. Who knows? They're maybe looking in the ratings book. It dropped off right there in that segment. So that's the end of that. Uh, I can't believe the old school ties were, were the reason. Who knows? You know, you never know what goes on. Well, it, it, Biden goes to Delaware. 
uh, for days and days at a time. He's got visitors coming and going. There's no record of who's visiting him, who's talking to him. Uh, Nobody's even complaining about the Secret Service not having a record of he spends 40% of his presidency uh, in, what is it, a half dozen mansions? Yeah. And, and on the, 40% of his time as president, and the Secret Service didn't think, oh, sh- should I log this visitor in? <laughs> uh, I mean, like they do everywhere else for every other president. Uh, this is beyond belief. And there's no one investigating the Secret Service. No, and it's not just them. The media should be there. They're out front in Mar-a-Lago in uh, Bedminster photographing everybody coming and going. Where's the same coverage of Biden's house on the weekends? Well, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also, what agency would we turn to, by the way, anyway? If we had to arrest all of these characters in the FBI who have uh, soiled and sullied the reputation of that great uh, that great institution, I think probably forever, uh why isn't there someone that we can turn to, like the U.S. Marshals, and say, you know, we we think that this is a real problem here, and maybe you should be paying attention and investigate it. No one in Congress has thought to use to do that. Uh, they're talking about what they're going to do when uh, they win the election on November 8th, and God, I hope they do. Uh, but it, it's all talk again. We, this is the talkingest party I've ever seen, the, the Republicans. Uh, you remember how they talked about <laughs> uh, reversing Obamacare? They 61 times they over, they voted against it, and we've still got Obamacare. What I mean, what do you make of this party? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I like the contract with America. Newt Gingrich, here's the 16 things we'll do. Here's the date we'll do them. Then Kevin McCarthy put out this long, rambling, vague, esoteric thing. I couldn't even get through it. So uh, I think the Republicans win both houses uh, in November, but I never underestimate the ability of these guys to screw it up. You're right. They're going to have to clean up uh, everything. The FBI. I mean, I know. Do you ever think we'd miss J. Edgar Hoover that he would be <laughs> a good, the golden age of the FBI. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I think it, they're going to have to clean it up, but I don't know. I don't think it could be done. They told some people told Trump that they said this swamp was built over 50 years. You're not going to drain it in four years. It can't be done. Yeah. I, I don't know if it can be done, period, really. Uh, when when you have so many Republicans who are lined up either obviously and publicly or under the table with the rhinos and with the Marxist Dems, I mean, it's a it's a, a criminal, criminal operation uh, down there. Uh, they're splitting up money. Every time we find out Joe Biden has sent another tranche of money to Ukraine, all I can think of, uh, and my wife and I talk about it all the time. It looks like hush money. It, when you they gifted they gifted Ukraine six hundred million dollars yesterday. It, it, what is that? I've never heard of the United States gifting money for for a country that they don't recognize as an ally, uh, and they won't support overtly. This is the most bizarre thing. Uh, to me, it's a witness. What do you think? Uh, I think if we, again, it all goes back to the same problem. We don't have any media, journalism totally corrupted. I think if they trace that $600 million and see uh, who Ukraine was told to buy this weapons from, what contractors to use, that who knows with these uh, Bidens. Even that meeting with the Saudis, you know, when they were huddling over something. I'm sure he was just telling these Saudis, look, Hunter's too hot. You go through my brothers now. Everything's with them. Do the contracts with them. Uh, nobody's following anything. Nobody's watching anything. 
you know, we've got so much corruption and it's Republicans, it's Democrats, but right now it's Democrats doing it like crazy. We have a governor in New York who is handing out the most corrupt contracts ever. A donor gives her a fortune. The next day she takes the uh, testing contracts for the virus tests and hands it to a company that just made a huge donation and they don't even make virus tests. They get a $600 million contract to do it. This kind of stuff is going on all over the place. And where's the media? Just silent. Absolutely. Uh, so, Tony Bobulinski, I, w- I want to get back to that because uh, Miranda Devine, the columnist at the New York Post, has been, I think, doing just an amazing job with so many stories. But taking on uh, the the Biden machine, if you will, I, I, I mean, the Biden machine to me is the entirety of government. I, I can't think of any part of government that isn't uh, on his payroll, on his side, supporting him, shielding him, protecting him. Can you? No. And if you went back to another era of journalism, they would not believe that somebody like Miranda Devine could uncover this stuff and not be immediately invited on the Today Show the next day, not be on the news with Lester Holt, not be on Meet the Press. They would never believe that there would come an era where this woman couldn't get on anything uh, in mainstream media. Do you know what? I, I have a sneaking suspicion, and I don't have any evidence for this, but I have a sneaking suspicion that there is a, there is an answer in all of this. And that, excuse me, and that is this. I, I believe that there is such a dwindling audience for radio and uh, for television, excuse me, for television audiences. That audience is just evaporating. They're moving to streaming. We know that. They're moving to live events. Radio seems to be doing very well. I just wonder if they're so desperate to hang on to that audience that has the time and the interest in the anti-Trump message that they built up over six years, that they're scared to death to leave even a, to lose even a fraction of it. Uh, and therefore, they don't want to talk about anything that's pro-Trump, that's pro-America, that's anti-Biden, anti-Marxist, dim anti-corruption what do you think yeah uh, that could be part of it i've never thought of it that way but uh uh well listen you know a lot of these people that work at the new york times the washington post nbc news they really are that left wing they really do believe all this nonsense uh do you really do you think they really believe it oh yeah you know i i think they're as corrupt as biden himself i think they're lying through their teeth because it is a meal ticket i think every i think every one of them uh, is a, a, a broken, bruised, and <laughs> incapacitated, impaired individual just uh, living a, a nightmare through uh, through their bylines. I, I think it's just a, it's a horrible, horrible joke on this great republic of ours and the American people. Uh, they're they're smarter than that. They're doing this intentionally. They're trying to destroy people on the right because they want to go to that that uh, Valhalla on the left, uh, that Marxist uh, commune uh, that will uh, extend from sea to shining sea. I really believe that. What do you think? Yeah, I guess so. And they want to be invited to the right uh, parties and dinner parties and uh, uh, speak in the right places. You know, you know some of these uh, left-wing dinner parties, they're the smartest people on earth, the top lawyer in the world, the top surgeon in the world, the greatest CEO. These are brilliant minds. But they fall for every stupid fake narrative the New York Times feeds them. Uh, you can't if you show them all the real facts about climate change or uh, how much damage these electric cars can do to the environment. They just they, 
they, they don't see it. They don't get it. They want to believe this fake narrative. It's like fairy tales. They become like children. They want to believe these fairy tales. Fairy tales, indeed. And one of them is that you referred to the strategic oil uh, oil reserves. Here's Biden once again tapping into the strategic oil reserves, and he declares this after that 2 million barrel a day cut in production that he's going to pull 10 million barrels out of the strategic petroleum reserves of the United States. 10 million barrels. Think about it. In other words, that would cover five days, five <laughs> days of the reduction in uh, output from OPEC. This the man said it as if he really is so dumb that he thinks that that's significant. What makes it significant is, just as he did the last time as he drew down the reserves, he's going to ship part of that. We don't know why, and the national, to your point, the national media won't go after it. Why is he sending millions of barrels of oil to his friends in China? Can somebody explain that to me? Uh, yeah, look at Hunter's uh, bank account there. <laughs> look at this, uh, the money uh, coming in. You know, uh, that the only reason we got all that oil in there is because of Donald Trump. When he got the price down to, I think, one point he hit a dollar sixty again. He started buying tons of it to fill up that reserve. Biden has depleted it. The press says absolutely nothing about it. What What's the point of just five days? Well, it's five days leading up to an election, so you can artificially lower the price a little of gas. Absolutely. Uh, the day after the election, he's going to stop doing this, and people are going to be stunned when they see what happens to oil prices that day after the election. You know what I don't hear a lot of people saying, Mark? I don't hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, the American people are really smart. You can try to fool them. You can fool some of them some of the time. Maybe some of them part of the time, but not all of them. I don't hear anybody saying that anymore. They're saying, you know, the Republicans are really stupid because they can't put together an answer to these these corrupt Marxist Dems. Uh, I'm worried that that latter statement may be absolutely true. Your thoughts? Well, you know, you can fool people on some things, but I'm, I'm in gas stations all the time and I watch people's faces. When they see the total at the gas pump, where it used to be 29, now it's 99 to fill the tank. They're, they're just stunned. So they see what's happening in their pocketbook, and they see what's happening in their neighborhoods. Cities all over America, the worst crime wave they've ever seen. People living in fear. And it's not just the cities. It's This is the first time I've seen it spread like this to suburban areas. Even rural areas are, are getting affected. This crime wave uh, is something – it, it's underneath the uh, radar. I don't think the polls are measuring – people's fear in this crime wave. And I, I think you're going to see an incredible red tidal wave uh, in November on Election Day. Well, I sure hope so. I'm pulling for one, I guarantee you. Uh, and the cities, though, just keep on being Democrat-run uh, zones of conflict. Uh, Eric Adams sending border crossers now that have been shipped to him from Texas or Florida to a secluded island off the Bronx. Uh, I, I mean, Eric Adams has turned out to be something, I, I think, absolutely horrific as mayor. Uh, what is your take as a, a native New Yorker and uh, uh, and full-time witness? Well, uh, I will take credit for the five months leading up to the election, warning everybody not to vote for Eric Adams. I know he's an ex-cop. He had a plan to fight crime. Well, uh, maybe one day he'll let us know what that plan was. So far, he hasn't been able to tell us. Uh, this is a very simple thing. A bunch of migrants, where do you put them? It's not that complex a problem. He couldn't figure this out at all. First, he was going to put tents all over Orchard Beach in the Bronx. 
Then somebody explained to him, it's a beach. It's almost uh, November. It's winter. You can't have a tent on a beach. Beach is blown. He actually said, we found out, we did a study that there could be water and puddling. I'm not an expert, but I know there's water <laughs> near a beach. So, uh, oh, gosh. And then uh, they moved it to what uh, this island, Randall's Island, which is nice. It has a miniature golf. It has a driving range. But uh, now the city council won't allow that. He's thinking of hotel rooms. I bet this city has a bunch of bunch of empty buildings it could have used, and he just hasn't thought about it. Well, how about this? What if he picked up the phone and called Joe Biden and said, you know, we have a huge number of illegal immigrants in our city uh, that have been transported in, and and uh, the uh, we'd like you to come get them. <laughs> what 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 do you think that happened? Uh, and how about this, Joe? Uh, you know that border that uh, that President Trump built that wall about 400 miles of it, 450. Uh, could we finish that because it's getting to, this is getting to be pretty pretty tough stuff up here in New York and Washington and well Martha's Vineyard, of course. You know how many people would give anything to go to Martha's Vineyard, and even if you go to Martha's Vineyard, it takes you forever on a ferry and drive to be able to go by private jet to Martha's Vineyard. That's like uh, the most elite thing in the world. Uh, the Democrats uh, go crazy when they're there. Uh, like I think it's ten thousand migrants in New York, and they're in panic here. They don't know what to do. Give uh, Abbott of Texas, the governor there, credit. He handled four million people without whining at all. And uh, if you ask Democrats. Well, what would you do with these migrants? Why, why not disperse them around? They, they just look at you like you're crazy. They they like their plan. Well, let them sleep under bridges outside of El Paso. That that was their plan for these migrants. Well, I, you know, as we wrap up here, I do want to talk about a good friend of yours, a man I worked with uh, a lot over the course of years, and that's Bernard McGurk, uh, who passed away suddenly. Um, yeah, I'd like just get your thoughts on on Bernie and uh, uh, and your and your and your thoughts right now. Well, he was uh, the producer of the Imus Show for years, where he displayed not only this incredible sense of humor, but he was a brilliant guy. Nobody could handle Imus or stand up to Imus like this guy, Bernard McGurk. He did the Cardinal. He did all those great characters. The funniest right. guy, brilliant guy, and the most beloved guy I've ever seen. You're lifetime in the broadcasting business can you name anybody who everybody liked every single employee liked every executive liked nobody disliked bernie not anybody it's absolutely true bernie uh and working with <laughs> with don imus i'm telling you uh it, that was a chore and a half for everybody uh and he kept his humor throughout uh he, he kept his sense of uh his sense of humor his sense of proportion as well uh it, it was just wonderful he and uh charles mccord uh among my very favorites and of course bernie working uh with uh, sid at uh 770 w abc radio uh here in new york uh a great show and i know that they will miss him uh greatly as as all of us who uh, had an opportunity to to get to know him uh over time bernard uh, mcgurk we uh we thank you for that, Mark. Uh, it, it's uh, always great to, uh, you know, to run into people who are that solid and that that nice a human being, and he is certainly uh, that person. Uh, as are you, sir, Mark Stone, oh. the Mister New York. Uh, always a pleasure to have you with us. You get the last word here. 
as you do every single time you and I talk. I'm glad the podcast was invented because I love them, and this is one of my very favorites, and I love the fact you got time and you got plenty of space to really uh, get into detail, and I love this podcast. I listen all the time, and thanks for having me on. Mark, thank you very much. We appreciate it always. Uh, Take care, my friend. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mark, and hope you'll join us here tomorrow when our guest will be Jim Marchant, running for Secretary of State in Nevada. He's trying to clear up Nevada's electoral system, and as you might expect, he's run into a little opposition. He's in a heck of a battle there in Nevada. Please join us here tomorrow. Until then, God bless you, and may God bless America.